This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network on this Founders Federal Football Friday night. One more to go, one more Founders Federal Football Friday night, and we are at the state championships again. We've had one game played today. It was not a very good game at all as Christ Church just rolled over Johnsonville for the second year in a row. So Christ Church goes back-to-back to win 1A championships 67-21. to the final score here, last year it was like 43-20 to 20 or something like that that Christchurch won. That's seven state championships for the Cavaliers in their history, in their second for their current coach, Quinn Hatfield. And they struck early and they struck often and they struck with big plays. They averaged over 10 yards per snap through the ball with uh, ease, uh, 305 yards through the air. Uh, quarterback Tucker Hendricks, 9 of 11 for 242 yards with five touchdowns. Johnsonville just outclassed, had no answers in any way against Christ Church. So I know people will be barking about this too because of private school over public school, but that will be changing with the uh, new multiplier going into effect. But today Christ Church used their own multiplier as they multiplied touchdowns on Johnsonville. And Very last nice. night, you like that one, huh? No, uh, and I last like night, it was a re- now last night was a really good game. Some yes, are calling it, it the charter school championship, but come on, it's a high school league championship. Oceanside Collegiate won in two a thirty five twenty eight, and this was a back and forth game. They scored the winning touchdown uh, in the the last uh, last minute or so, uh, and then Craig Collegiate went down the field and got to about the twenty four yard line. And then incomplete, 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 and that was it. So Oceanside Collegiate wins uh, the two-way last night, 35-28. And then coming up at 8 o'clock tonight, we've got the 5A championship. They could just play it in their own backyard in Red Bank, but they're going to play it here at South Carolina State. <laughs> if you want to go rob anything in Red Bank, Re- Reggie, is there anything worth robbing in Red Bank? My house. Your house? So Reggie Anderson said his house is wide open if you want to run through Red Bank and um, and 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 steal his collection of um, I don't know um, Merle Haggard albums, you know, and and Jimmy Spencer signed uh, autograph, you know, signed pictures. It's all available for you in beautiful Red Bank. You ever been to Red Bank, Chris? It's a wonderful place. I believe I've driven through Red Bank once or twice, but never have stopped. Now that I know the Anderson Estate is there, I may stop in and say hello to Reggie. Yeah. I bump into Reggie, you know, he toodles around the PD very often. He's got family over here in Darlington, so that's unfortunate. On occasion. It's unfortunate that you have to run into Reggie from, from time to time. So uh, we're here, state championships. Long night for us because we've got the high school scoreboard tonight as well. won't take us long to review the scores, but we'll be doing a whole bunch more. 
this game today, this first game, seemed like it was never going to end, never going to end. We kicked off at 2 o'clock. It ended a little bit after 5, well over three hours. Thank goodness uh, for a running clock, right? Oh, yeah, thank goodness for that <laughs> running clock in the fourth quarter. So, from what David Shelton has told us, he expects a defensive battle tonight between White Knoll and Dutch Fork, which probably means there'll be 100 points scored, <laughs> uh, and, and it will take – it will take forever, but we're going to have David on with us here in about um, five or six minutes to talk about these first two games and preview the game uh, tonight uh, and talk about the games tomorrow as well. Two more games tomorrow, 4A championship and the uh, 3A championship. Besides all that. should be high-scoring games, I would think, especially that 4A matchup, as David pointed out. And I anticipate when I tune in for the scoreboard show tonight, you and David could do some play-by-play of White Knoll and Dutch Fort because I don't think it'll be over by 10 o'clock. No, but that would violate all kind of contracts here, television. (laughs) and I don't think there's any radio of it. uh, Dutch Fork, I don't think, unless they've changed. I know a couple of years ago when Sockerstee played them in the playoffs, Dutch Fork did not have a radio, and I don't think White Knoll does. Yeah, I I don't think we'll we'll do anything. We'll update the scoring Mm -hmm. in big plays and things like that. But, yeah, by the time we come on with the scoreboard, uh, that game should be uh, in the second half. We're hoping to have, depending on, um, you know, their work schedule and, uh, how much time uh, is available to have a you know guys a little roundtable discussion about high school football in South Carolina because what a year uh, it's Fun. been both on the field and off the field with the various mm-hmm. issues that have been addressed as we go into this new era of counting enrollment for the purposes of trying to level the playing field with with some of these teams and you know I mean look Based on what Christ Church looked like today against Johnsonville, the best that the lower state had to offer up in, in 1A, I mean, it was no match. Uh, Johnsonville fumbled on their first play of the game. On their second play of the game, Christ Church is in the end zone on a 19-yard touchdown pass. And then, after stopping Johnsonville, there was a 52-yard run by their fine running back reader. And then there was a punt return of 60 yards for a touchdown. Within four minutes, it was 20 to nothing. And, you know, off to the races. So, I don't know what you do. Um, I would imagine, you know, Christ Church with their enrollment. And, again, starting next year with the uh, new alignment plans, every out-of-district person in the school counts as three. So, that's expected to push these schools up into higher classifications and and make it a little more difficult for them. But then again, I have people say that – like for Christ Church, you know, somebody will have to tell me if I'm wrong, but like, like Greenville County is all one school district, yeah, right? Exactly. I'm, I'm not sure how Christ Church will be affected by this at all. I'm sure yeah. there's a way, but I just don't understand because they, uh, unless they get kids outside of Greenville County to drive up there, um, I think they're going to be fine. And, and I've, I've been through this for a long time. I've seen Skeesa-level schools that just didn't feel like they were getting a competitive uh, – you know, competition on the other side, bump up to public school and play well. Imagine, and those of you who don't like seeing the private schools in particular, let's take charter schools out for a moment, but the private schools playing in the public school realm. Imagine Christ Church playing in Skisa. Do you know how ridiculous their games would be? Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, it, it just think, wouldn't be fun. Do you think Hammond could play anybody. with them? Do you think Hammond could play with them? I don't think so, no. Mm-hmm. 
That'd be an interesting question for I, I think it, I think it would be fun fun to watch, but I, I think they'd still beat Hammond by three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I'll ask Lou that tonight uh, when he joins us if he can. You know, that's, that's a good question, game. yeah. You know, Hammond, bring, Hammond would be an interesting uh, study, and Hammond's probably a team that could contend at the 1A level in, in public school too. Because, I mean, clearly when you, you graduate, some of the players they have have gone on to pay, play major college football. Uh, they, you know, they may be a team just like Christchurch. They're probably – could go up to play in public schools and get better competition than what they're getting at the Skeesa level. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we got a jammed-up show for you tonight. We'll have uh, our football filibuster with Governor Hodges and the Attorney General, Alan Wilson, at the bottom of the hour, give you our picks for this weekend, the championship weekend. Uh, Lee Sterling back with us after being off last weekend. He was up in New York for NBA and NFL action. He's back with his picks this week at the top of the hour. 7-15, Furman coach Clay Hendricks. They got a playoff game tomorrow against UT Chattanooga. Of course, I'll ask him, but I got to believe he'd rather not face a Southern Conference rival as his first playoff opponent, but that's the way the bracket worked out for them. We'll hear from him. And then 7-35, birdies, bogeys, and biceps around uh, South Carolina with George Bryan and Robbie Thames. And, of course, some recruiting worked in between all of that. So we've got uh, we got all that for you tonight. Uh, before we get to David Shelton, and, Pat, let's go ahead and dial David up and let me know when you got him. For those of you who um, have not really been paying attention, though most of you probably have, just compile the list of reported players in the portal, John, or in the draft for uh, – Clemson and USC to this point. So these are reported for the Gamecocks, or they have announced their plans. Tight end Xavier Short, receiver Omega Blake, defensive tackle Xavier McLeod, defensive tackle Felix Hickson, receiver Juice Wells, place kicker Mitch Jeter, quarterback Colton Gauthier, quarterback Tanner Bailey, and defensive end Donovan Westmoreland. That's for the portal. For the draft, Marcellus Dial, cornerback, and quarterback Spencer Rattler. So that turns out to be about, uh, what I count out, about 14, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And maybe there are a couple of others in there. Um, Forgot to mention the carry-on joiner. The carry-on joiner would be another. Yeah. Why is that yep. not on my list here? The carry-on joiner would be it's another. It's on the one you tweeted out. Yeah. So that would be another to carry on Joyner, um, who is heading heading towards the draft. Right. So you got that for South Carolina, and then for Clemson, the compiled list again based on reports and those who've announced. You've got Say Genis to tight end receiver Bo Collins, offensive guard Mitchell Mays, quarterback Hunter Helms, cornerback Torian Pride, and then you got Nate Wiggins, who is headed to the draft. People are saying. I think it's been reported. I don't think he's announced it. Also, understand that um, their uh, their safety Macumba, uh, good possibility that he'll be headed to the draft as well. So, something to keep an eye on, uh, perhaps next week on that. Uh, people are keeping a watch on the Clemson coaching staff for perhaps more changes by Dabo Sweeney. Maybe next week. Um, some are speculating the same with South Carolina staff. Possible changes sometime, maybe after signing day. So all of this is happening, and we have to sit back and watch and, and wait and see what um, what it comes to. But those are the 
the names that we have so far that we've seen reported or they've put out themselves that they are moving on. That's, you know, is that a, is that a large number? As, as some have pointed out from a South Carolina standpoint, a lot of these guys were players that uh, were not going to be players for them, which then brings to mind the question, then why did you recruit them? <laughs> You know, yeah. Uh, why didn't you develop them? Why didn't you recruit? Uh, why did you recruit them if you didn't think they were going to become players? Now, Juice Wells obviously was, and Miss Jeter obviously was. Uh, Xavier McLeod strikes me as odd mm-hmm. that he hasn't had much more of an opportunity and felt like he needs to move on from Carolina. Much the same as Toriano Pride at Clemson. I mean, these were two fairly highly recruited guys, if I remember from your recruiting reports when they were deciding on their colleges, and now they're moving on somewhere else. Well, it's the nature of the beast today with the college sports and the freedom to move at a at a drop of a hat for you know whatever reason you know um, more money somewhere else, more playing opportunities somewhere else, uh, just a better situation for yourself. You have that freedom to do it, and and players are uh, taking advantage of that and um, gonna make gonna you know take advantage of what the rules allow them uh, to do. Of course, there's a lot of tampering going on. We know that. And that's the unfortunate part about the whole thing is the tampering. Um, you've got coaches who are literally uh, going down the roster of opponents or teams around the country and identifying players and, um, uh, you know, reaching out to them either directly or through back channels and putting a deal on the table and saying, you know, uh, come here and this is, this is what you can make. More than what you're making where you are now, I think that, you know, that is not what we had in mind when this NIL program was developed across the country, but that is what it's become. So an interesting report late this afternoon as well from on three that NC State is planning a in-home visit with Grayson McCall this weekend. And, of course, Grayson's current coach, Tim Beck, was a former assistant coach at NC State the past couple of seasons. So mm-hmm. I think that might be interesting that Grayson leaves Coastal after a year under Tim Beck to go where Beck was the past two seasons, if that, that actually works out. would be interesting. Out. You know, this, this, this freedom to move, it, it, it's created strange bedfellows, you know? <laughs> Indeed. I mean, guys that you've developed and you've brought along and all of a sudden you're playing against them and places that you left and you 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 you, you know people are you're, they're coming in and talking to your players and taking your players and all that kind of stuff it's made for some very strange situations that's for sure uh we've got basketball tonight south carolina at home tonight the gamecocks looking to stay uh, undefeated on the early part of this season that'd be pretty cool if they could win Tonight, and also you have uh, Clemson playing on Sunday, Clemson playing at Pitt, and the two teams would then meet up on Wednesday at Little John in a battle of uh, undefeated teams. So that would be pretty cool for the state of South Carolina. But first things first for both teams, the Gamecocks are taking on a George Washington team that handled them last year and is off to a 6-1 and start. So they're pretty good once again. The Gamecocks are 6-0. and and Clemson is going to play an ACC game. The ACC is putting in league games here early December to kind of give you, I guess, a little taste of ACC action. And the Tigers are going to be playing up at Pittsburgh on Sunday. So see if they can uh, get themselves uh, Ws and uh, get to that Wednesday game at 7-0. That would be pretty cool. 
that would be great for the state. I mean, it's we've we've had somewhat of a down football season. Wouldn't it be somewhat ironic if both basketball teams turn around and have really really good years and to have them both undefeated next week when they play? And I can't imagine it's as difficult an atmosphere normally they have up at Pittsburgh. I can't imagine it's going to be anything more intimidating than what Clemson handled at Alabama the other night. But that's an awfully impressive win by the uh, Tigers at Alabama. And you get a George Washington team that I would think, even though South Carolina's roster is totally reconstructed from last year, so I don't know if you can use the revenge factor because most everybody that was in the game last year isn't even on the team this year. But if they play defense the way they did on, uh, what was that, Tuesday against Notre Dame, mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine tonight against the revolutionaries. I still have a hard time getting used to that with George Washington as opposed to what they've been for years, what, the Colonials? The Revolutionaries. The Revolutionaries, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, So let's welcome in uh, David Shelton here to a sports talk on this Friday night at South Carolina State University for the state championship football games. We've got two in the books and three to go. We welcome in David Shelton from the High School Sports Report and the Charleston Post and Courier. All right, David, I guess because last night's game was so good, we were paid back this afternoon by a real stinker. Not that uh, you know, Christ Church deserves a lot of credit for going out and playing a great football, but it, this was truly a mismatch from the first five minutes of the ball game. And, you know, you don't want to see that in state championship games, but it does happen. Yeah, it just started so bad for Johnsonville. I mean, they're, they're a better team than they showed today. But, but when, you, when you fumble on your first play, and then they score on their second play. And then when you punt the ball, they score on their first play. Uh, I think they ran three or four plays and had 20 points. So, uh, And they only ran, uh, I think Johnsonville ran almost double the amount of plays today. But but Christchurch just hit some big plays and, and punt returns and long runs, screen passes for 60 yards. I mean, it, Johnsonville is not built that way to come from behind. Um, you know, they like to run the football and, and mix in some pass, but they got, they got, so to say, you know, behind the chain, so to speak, and, uh, and it, it just got away from them. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, that's a really good team and a well-coached team, and when you have speed and you have speed at running back, you have a major college talent at running back, uh, you have quarterbacks who can throw. I didn't think Johnsonville's defensive effort many times was really good. I mean, a lot of missed tackles. I thought I saw a lot of give up on defense out there in some cases, just not running guys down and things like that. I don't know. Did you see some of that? What did you see? Could, could have been in the second half. It could have been in the second half uh, when they hit those those big plays. Um, you know, they, they didn't tackle very well. But you, you got to understand what, what Christchurch does offensively. Johnsonville uh, doesn't see a lot of that in the PD. Uh, in Class A and the PD, it, there's not a lot of what John, what what uh, Christchurch does with, uh, as you mentioned, the Division One running back. But then a lot of guys on the perimeter. I mean, the player of the game was five foot eight, 160 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, it's not like they they were loaded with with size all over the place. And Christchurch is all their offensive linemen also play defensive line. They had 27 guys there today. Uh, you know, so. When we talk about them going to 3A next year with 27 guys, yeah, it'll be different. But I don't know that that will be fair either. I mean, name me a 3A school right now that's got 27 guys on their varsity football roster. I'll wait. 
and I'll, you can get back to me in 2030 because it ain't it don't happen. So uh, there's there's definitely going to be a, a change for them. But uh, I mean, they were the best team in Class A this year. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. All right, and so last night we saw a dandy, Oceanside and Gray, and this one went right down to the last possession. Oceanside scored late. Gray comes down the field, but they couldn't get past the 24-yard line. And so Oceanside comes away with the championship. And, you know, you look at that, and it's like, okay, well, two charter schools, so they basically should be on the same level. And it kind of turned out that way. They were on the same level, and they played a game right to the final seconds. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, Oceanside, I mean, it's I picked Gray to win the game, and, and Oceanside, uh, surprised me with what they were able to do in the throwing game, and I was also surprised by the lack of adjustment on Gray defensively. I mean, they never they never made an adjustment in the secondary, and that little freshman quarterback just picked them apart. And this is a Gray team that beat their pants off of Christ Church and beat Cam. I think they beat Camden three years in a row. But I know they beat them this year. And Camden's playing in three A title games, so I, I, I'm not sure if that's Gray. If Gray was just stubborn, or maybe they didn't feel like they could come out of that zone. But I mean, Oceanside picked them apart all night long. I mean, on fourth down and six, they were going to try a field goal, which you know was less than a 50-50 chance. They decided to go for it and picked them again, and and got down to the one yard line, scored a winning touchdown. Um, so I was I was uh, impressed by what Oceanside did offensively, and you know now Gray Gray had ten sacks. So when they could get that defensive line, which is really good, and those linebackers, when they could get to the quarterback, I mean they they planted him in the turf a couple times. But when they didn't get to him, they couldn't cover, and and he picked them apart. Which takes us to tonight's game, the 5A championship game here at the Dawson Stadium, Willie Jeffries Field at South Carolina State. You got a couple of region rivals, backyard rivals. You got one school led by the Hall of Fame coach with multiple championships going up against one of his former assistants trying to win a first championship at a school. So a lot of intrigue here. And what do you think – what are the keys between Dutch Fork and White Knoll tonight, kicking off at 8 o'clock? I mean, talking with guys like Luke Ajak and Chris Deere, you know, we, we were talking during the Christchurch game, and, and, I mean, we all pretty much said if anybody, the first one to 20 is going to win this game. It's going to be a defensive battle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now both teams may pull out a trick or two offensively that they've been holding. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, Tom Knox do that. But – these are two defensive-minded teams with do just enough on offense to to win the game. So really, I mean, a couple of touchdowns and a field goal, or you know, the first game was 17-14. So I, I kind of expect uh, with a few adjustments, I, I still think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Well, before we let you go, we have got to have, of course. A Sheldon says on the 5A championship game, so we kind of know where to put our money when we call Vegas here in just a little bit. What you got? Well, well, I did this last night. but We'll do it uh, again. Well, it's Dutch Fork, and I've been picking Dutch Fork since October since when they October. were 2-5. And, uh, and, and, you know, but I, I 
you know, I mean, Dwight Noah is certainly more than capable of winning this game. It would not be an upset. It would not be an upset if Dutch Fork won the game. I think they're that evenly matched. It's going to come down to that, you know, that bugaboo turnovers, uh, kick return, punt return, special team type thing, because both defenses are going to kind of dictate the play. So I'm going to go Dutch Fork, and I'm going to go, you know, like a 2017 type game. Which side's going to dominate from a crowd standpoint? Who's going to bring the biggest numbers? Well, I, I have never been totally impressed with Dutch Fork's attendance at state finals. Um, I think their fans are kind of spoiled, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a threat of rain, so they can watch it on TV. But I think White Knoll will win the uh, attendance battle tonight. I think those everybody in Red Bank is going to be there. They're going to be fired up and excited about the team. Everybody in Red Bank coming to Orangeburg. All right, David, uh, you're heading down I-26, so everybody listening, get out of David's way because he's got to get home for dinner and then get ready for the ball game. Then back with us at 10.05 tonight. Look forward to it. Thanks, David. Okay, man. Thank you very much. David Shelton in the Shelton Mobile heading down to uh, the Low Country. We'll be back after the break here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to have the governor and the attorney general. It's time for picks. Be back in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. We're up in the press box at South Carolina State University where we're waiting. Was the elevator working today? Elevator was working, thank God. Very nice. Now, I will say, I rode up this morning when I got here, and it was uh, fine. You rode up with some other people, so I was fine with it. But after the – well, when I was going down to the field after this first game, I went on by myself. And it started off fine, but then it got really quiet, and it felt like I wasn't moving. And it was taking a long, long time to get to the first floor. And I'm not real good in closed-in places, you know. I have to, I have to have I room to breathe. Yeah. I started kind of, I wasn't hyperventilating. Oh, no. I started perspiring a little bit, thinking, "Uh-oh, this could be trouble." But it opened up, and then we took it back up to uh, to get back up here. So all's good with the elevator. Thank you to the elevator people who were here all night making sure that uh, that was going to work because we needed that. All right, uh, we've got a lot coming up. We'll give you our picks, update the competition. The competition is fierce in the Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge. We have a new leader. Uh, we're picking games this weekend, and then we'll pick it back up for bowl season. We'll talk about that in just a, a little bit. But right now, it is time to welcome in two of the greatest uh, political minds of uh, modern era in South Carolina. They're two of the reasons we are where we are as a state. <laughs> now, make of that what you will. Former Governor Jim Hodges and current Attorney General Alan Wilson for the football filibuster on this championship weekend. Governor, good evening. How are you? I'm good. We just learned your elevator does not go to the top. <laughs> Touche. That's good. That's very good. General, can you top that? Can you top that insult? 
I would never do such a thing, ever. That's right, because you're still running for things, right? You still need votes. Yeah, I still need your vote, Phil. When I'm out of office, I can insult you like the governor does. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. Well, it's great to have you two with us. Once again, the, the competition between you two remains very, very tight as we head down the stretch. You know, it's... It's it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. But we can we can see the finish line. And Governor, you're thirty five and thirty, and General, you're thirty two and thirty three. Both of you went two and three last week, so it's it's kind of getting time to mix some things up and take uh, take a few chances here, uh, General. If you're going to get back on top of this thing, hey, listen. The fact that I'm this close to the governor this late in the season is, I mean, because he's so good at this, and I've always mm-hmm. been impressed with his ability to pick him. Uh, so the fact that I'm even in the fight, you know, I mean, kudos to him. Well, he's got a lot of free time. I think he does a lot of gardening and uh, lawn work. and He's got a lot of time to yeah, look at this Phil, stuff. But, Phil, he's also been doing this for like 60 years. I mean, right, I think right. he started this when football began, right? So. That's right, yeah, Ouch. when they first put air in the pigskin. <laughs> That's right. Back in the leather helmet days, huh? That's right. Yeah, that's right. But listen, keep in mind that I know know the the first person Governor Hodges calls during the week to get advice is Teddy Hefner, okay? And uh, he and Teddy go way back, uh, lunch buddies and all. So I know where he gets his inside scoop. Yeah, I do the opposite of whatever Teddy says. That's how, that's, that's how I pick them. <laughs> well, it's advice nonetheless. All right, let's get at it. These are tough because they're championship games, so everybody's supposed to be pretty good, but you never know. Uh, General, 2-3 and three last week. You're 32-33. and 33. We shall let you lead us off tonight. You ready, sir? Uh, yes, sir, I'm ready. Okay, your final pack, 12-10-6-2 championship. Oregon and Washington being played tonight. Washington is getting nine and a half. Of course, these are all neutral field games. What do you think, sir? Huskies with the great quarterback having a great year. They're getting nine and a half. Um, I think uh, I'm going to go with Washington. I think Oregon will win, but I think I think it'll be a close game. So give me Washington. It'll be closer than nine and a half. Now, when you say give me Washington, you're not talking about the presidency. You're talking about the Huskies. <laughs> you're not thinking down I think, the road. I think you can only have three or four South Carolinians running for president at a time. <laughs> We're already out of <laughs> uh, All right. So you're putting a limit. You're putting a cap on Palmetto Staters running for the presidency at any one time. Well, I mean, you, you gotta, you've got to. Otherwise, I mean, yeah. I mean. You get to South Carolina and you're you're all cannibalizing each other for votes. So I'll probably run in twenty. I'll probably run in twenty thirty. So I'm going to hold twenty thirty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, by then you might have won a few more corn cups, uh, Governor. What do you think? I like Washington. I, um, I'm like uh, the general. I, I just think it's too many. It's too many points. I think it will. This is a championship game. They're undefeated. They're not going to get beat by ten points. So I'll take Washington. You got him. Uh, speaking of Washington, either of you uh, last week at the uh, Palmetto Bowl, did you did you meet the visitor that that came in for the first half and you know went down on the field at halftime and then departed? Either of you had a chance to say hello. You're talking about Harry uh, and I, I, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Any particular and, visitor? You know, kind of a big guy might be confused as an offensive tackle back in the day. <laughs> I, I actually did meet that big guy. Um, he kept asking where Jim Hodges was. I said, he should be here any minute. You know, <laughs> any minute. Any minute. No. Uh, there you go. He wanted to meet the real authority in South Carolina. That's what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Governor, let's go to Texas and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State getting 15. Did you see the story where somebody put a dead longhorn on a fraternity lawn on the campus <laughs> at Oklahoma State and did some really bad things to it? It's awful, awful. <laughs> I did see that. Good God. Oh. I guess that, this is part of uh, – of, uh, Moving out of into the SEC for Texas, uh, um, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. I just, you know, I just think the theme of tonight is that's too many points, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Oklahoma State—they're all angry at Texas. Believe in they'll they'll do better than 14. Okay, so uh, that's who I'm taking. General, what do you think? Well, you know, I know I need to separate myself from the governor, but my, my I had Oklahoma State picked. I agree with mm-hmm. the governor's logic on that. I think this is a championship game. I think 15 points is too much. So, I mean, you know, Texas may win, but I think Oklahoma State can keep it interesting. So, Oklahoma State. All right. All right. Let's see what you do next. Michigan and Iowa. Now, Iowa just can't score. They win, but they do not have a good offense, and Michigan looks really, really good in every aspect, and they're favored by 22, General. Who do you like? Well, same logic as before. Um, give me Iowa. I'm going like Iowa. I said, I mean, Mich- Mich- Michigan can win by 14 16 points, 20 maybe. I, I, I think they can keep it under 22, so give me Iowa. Governor? I'm with him. I mean, it's just too, 22 is just too many points for a team that, that does play defense. And uh, after the Ohio State game last week, you got to think Michigan's do a little bit of a letdown. So I'm going to take Iowa. I'm going to take, take the points in Iowa with Michigan to win it by 10 or 14. All right, so you want Iowa as well. Both of you want Iowa. Yes. Okay. Yep. Personally, I think Michigan's going to cover this game by the half, but we shall see. ACC. Really? Have you yeah. seen Iowa play? Yeah. On defense? Okay. I just play think Michigan's defense. going to blow the doors off, but I, I could I, be wrong. I'm not perfect. Let's go to Florida State, Louisville. Seminoles might be down to their third quarterback here, so keep that in mind. Um, Louisville getting two and a half. Governor. Well, Louisville's quarterback plays like a third stringer, so Ooh. I'm going to take Florida State. Florida State. Uh, General, what you got? God, Jim, you're not making this easy for me. I picked Florida State, too, for that reason. Mm. Well, we'll have a chance to amend, uh, General. You can amend some things here coming up since you're, you know, in last place here. Uh, and we go to the hey, – Wait, wait, wait. I'm in second place. Second place. <laughs> <laughs> Second first place. Runner up. <laughs> and if we you're not go, first, you're last, right? <laughs> that's what Ricky Bobby said. And we go to Georgia, Alabama, and Alabama getting five and a half in Atlanta again here against Georgia. This should be a great one. But Alabama's already pulled one rabbit out of its hat last weekend. Do they have another general? I'm going to go with Bama on this. Uh, you know, like, like I said, Georgia's – String of luck is going to run out one day. Um, I think Bama's, um, they're feeling pretty, after that, that amazing ending last week, I think they're coming into this game feeling like miracles can happen. And I do think it'll be a close game either way. So even if Georgia wins, I think Alabama's going to keep it interesting. So mm-hmm. give me Alabama. All right, Governor, who you got? 
Georgia. I think Georgia is a good 10 points better than Alabama this year. I'm taking Georgia. Georgia. All right, that's the one difference maker for now. We will go to the period of amendments and general. You got matches at Florida State, Iowa, Oklahoma State, and Washington. Would you like to amend anything? Yeah, give me a Louisville over Florida State. Give I'm going to flip that one. I'm going to flip that one, okay. How about you, Governor? Now, you can't flip Georgia or Florida State, but anything else you'd like to change? No, I think I'm, I'm good. See, I'm like NASCAR. I make up the rules as we go along here. So, <laughs> can't flip what's already been made different. We don't want to get back to being the same. See, that's the logic there. Okay, gentlemen, we thank you. We hope you have a great weekend. We will reconnect in bowl season with our bowl picking spectacular, and that will make all the difference in the world. Um, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, guys. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it, guys. All right, future president, Alan Wilson, 2030. It's going to be and tough. That's not even a presidential year. So oh. good luck in winning the <laughs> presidency in 2030. 2032 maybe, but not 2030. Maybe that's when he launches the campaign. <laughs> See, yeah. I mean, in they start running you know, know. way too soon. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Governor Hodges, thank you very much. So they differ on Georgia, Alabama, and Florida State, Louisville. We'll see how that works out for them. After the break, we'll come back and give you our picks. We got all our picks in, except for Pat's. Of course, he'll do his on the air. Uh, and I'll go over our standings. We have a new leader as we hit the uh, championship weekend. But you know what? We've all done. There's only two of us who are under 500. Hey, I'm bowl eligible. I'm happy. I'm a happy camper. Yeah, you can go to the um, <laughs> Holiday Bowl. We'll send you out west. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Corn. Yeah, and I'm thinking and, Hawaii Bowl actually, but I'm, you know, San Diego is not a bad destination either. Pat's trying to make a move as well. He's making some noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll give you our picks after the break. Be right back. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plate it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. This year's Carolina and Clemson Jackpot $5 scratch-off tickets give you a chance to win up to $200,000, whether you're a Gamecock or a Tiger. Plus, you can enter your tickets into the Second Chance promotion for a chance to step on the field or the court to win $50,000, $75,000, or even $100,000. In this state, winning the Palmetto Series does matter that much, so get your tickets today. See SCEducationLottery.com for odds and details. Winning and non-winning tickets can be entered. Second Chance odds depend on number of entries received. 
Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. George Bryant here for Tsunami Bar Sports, and some say the fun is in the winning. I say the fun is in the training. And Tsunami Robbie, what do you say? George, we all know you get more done when you're having fun. This technology is different, it's engaging, but it's also a lot of fun to use. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any Tsunami Bar order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- 749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. Welcome back, everybody. It is a Founders Federal Football Friday night here on Sports Talk. We are at South Carolina State in the press box. And we've got football teams on the field, loosening up some 5A state championship to come your way tonight at 8 o'clock. Don't forget the high school scoreboard tonight. David Shelton will join me and others at 10.05. Of course, the game will still be going on. So we'll talk a little bit about that and talk about the games that have been played and the games that are coming up and have some other uh, good conversation for you. Okay, now... Let's get to the Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge, the premier picking contest in the entire world. As I look at the standings, Kevin Cohen has moved to the front, 39-26 and 26 for Kev. After a three-and-two week, he's moved to the point. He's got a game lead over me, Pete Yanitator, and Fran, the money coach, Halloran. At 37-28, and 28, Gentleman Jim Corbett, attorney for the Stars, and our own Pat Daniel, 37-28, two games back. Two more games back, 35-30, Rick, number one draft pick, All-American, number 25, he's 35-30. and 30. Teddy, I'm so sexy for my shirt, Hefner, he's 35-30. and 30. Then Big Daddy Don Williams, godfather of sports talk, 34-31. and 31. Bobby Harton, Big Kahuna, down in Charleston. And Chris Bergen at the Bergie Palace, 33-32. and 32. Hanging in there. Bowl eligible, baby. You are bowl eligible right now. And then there come the sad stories, the sad stories. There's Smitty at 32-33. and 33, And the baddest boy of all sports talk radio, the bad boy, Alan Smothers, at 31-34. and 34. So, here's what we got after a two-and-three week last week. I'm going to go Georgia, 
I'm going to go Florida State. Hope the quarterback plays one of them. I'm going to go Michigan. <laughs> Just think they're unless they've got a hangover. I like Michigan. I'm going to go Oklahoma State. That's a lot of points, and I'm going to go <sighs> because I want chaos. I'm going to go Oregon. Nine no, and a half, okay. but I want mm-hmm. chaos. I want to see chaos. All right, uh, Chris, you're going to do what? I'm going to go Georgia and Florida State just like you. I am mm-hmm. going to take Iowa, but here's an interesting stat about Michigan over their season. Up until the last couple of weeks, they beat everybody by at least 22 points. But the last three weeks, Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State, their games have been much closer. Iowa can play some defense and play a lot of defense, and I think that keeps them in the game. They're not beating Michigan. There's no question Michigan's the better team. I just don't know they cover. Texas, I'm going Longhorns. There are a couple of things you don't do to a Texan. One of them is mess with their cattle. Mm. Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma State made a bad mistake and a horrible one. I mean, what are these people thinking? Um, and I just I think Texas has got something to prove. They need to win and look impressive to try and, if there is chaos, as you point out, if they're Big 12 champions sitting there with, what, one loss and they beat Alabama, uh, do they get in? And if they don't, and Alabama does, because they're SEC champions with their loss to Texas, you don't want to talk about chaos afterwards. Hmm. And I think Oregon is the better team right now uh, between they and Washington. That's a lot of points, but I think they'll find a way to cover tonight, so I'll take Oregon as well. All right, Pat, what you got? You're 4-1 and one last week. You're working your way up 4-1, and 37-28. What are you doing? Don't call it a comeback now, Phil. I'm, I'm working my way back up the standings. He's been I, here for years. That's right. Mm. I have learned my lesson of picking against Georgia, and in years past, I feel like I could have said the same thing about picking against Nick Saban. But Kirby Smart, I think, is the new Nick Saban of the SEC. I'm not sure how at this point you can really argue that. Back-to-back defend, or two-time defending national champion, I'm not picking against the dogs. So give me Georgia. I'm taking them. They're the favorites by five and a half. Mm-hmm. And they are the only quote-unquote road team that I am taking. Everything else, I am siding with the home team. Florida State, Louisville, I'm not sure exactly why Louisville's the home team since Florida State's higher seeded, but whatever, I digress. I'm going with Louisville and the points there. I'm with you, Phil. We still don't know who exactly is going to play quarterback for the Seminoles, and I think Louisville is also going to be coming out for blood after getting beat by Kentucky last weekend. I feel as though they were looking ahead past that game. So give me Louisville, Michigan, and Iowa. Basically, rinse and repeat everything Chris said. Michigan, as explosive as they may be, Iowa's defense, that Kirk Ferentz defense, they don't put up a lot of points on offense, but they minimize possessions. I don't think Michigan's going to get enough possessions to take a 22-point lead over the course of the game. So Uh give me Iowa there. Uh Texas, Oklahoma State, I can't really argue with what Chris said. Texas especially, yeah, don't poke the bear, or in this case, don't poke the longhorn. But Oklahoma State is playing for... I don't want to say for the the livelihood, but they are playing for the pride of the entire Big 12. Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. I think that Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy are going to be getting a lot of coaches, a lot of support from around the conference. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of coaches around the Big 12 are even calling to help scheme against Texas. <laughs> yeah. I, and I mean that this week. I think that yeah. there are some angry, angry coaches, bitter coaches, and they do not want to see departing Texas leave the Big 12 as champion. So I it, I do think Texas wins, but I do think Oklahoma State at least covers and makes it a ball game. Also, their defense gets lots of pressure on the quarterback. Texas's offensive line has been a bit of a weakness this year, even though they throw all that money at their players for NIL. Oregon and Washington, 
Michael Penix Jr. is just too good. I don't think that they're going to lose by 10 points. I just don't see that happening. Washington led throughout that game the first time around. Oregon made it interesting towards the end. But I'm a little surprised seeing Washington not the favorite here. If anything, I would have thought they would get the 9.5, not Oregon. So give me Washington, give me the Huskies, and that's my five. All right, let's go to a Dr. Rick. Two and three last week. Alabama he likes. He wants Florida State, Iowa, Oklahoma State, Washington. Smitty is taking roll tide. Louisville, Iowa, Texas, Oregon. He was two and three last week. Kev Cohen, three and two last week. He likes the Bulldogs, the uh, as he calls them, the criminals. Iowa, Texas, Washington, the big kahuna, one and four last week. Roll tide. Florida State, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Washington. Fran, the money coach, 3-2 and two last week, roll tied. Louisville, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Washington. Teddy Hefner, 3-2 and two last week, roll tied. That's like saying that. Louisville, Iowa, Oklahoma State, Oregon. The bad boy, 2-3 and three last week. He likes Georgia. Florida State, Iowa, Michigan, Washington. Pete. Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Washington after a three-and-two week. Gentlemen, Jim, Roll Tide, U of L, uh, Michigan, Texas, Oregon, and Daddy Don, Roll Tide, Florida State, Maize and Blue, Longhorns, and Huskies. We'll see how we do. Professional help is coming up after the top of the hour. Thank goodness. Uh, Want to mention it, too. Checking on Clemson, you know, they got them pegged. National folks got them pegged for Holiday Bowl in San Diego the 27th. Mm-hmm. And speaking with uh, David Hood today or communicating with him from what he's been hearing, um, Clemson is pushing for, I mean, the Gator Bowl and the Holiday Bowl are their two preferences. Gator Bowl right now, North Carolina, Tennessee. But when they weigh the dollars, when they weigh the fannies in the seats and the dollars being spent, can they just get over a rematch between Clemson and Tennessee? It wouldn't be the first time that's happened. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two, Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network on this Founders Federal Football Friday night. We're at South Carolina State High School State Championship football games, a little less than an hour away from the kickoff of the 5A championship. Should be a good one between Dutch Fork and White Knoll. We have given you everything that we know, okay? We are drained. You've gotten everything out of us. But now it's time for professional help. We could all stand a little professional help from time to time. And for us and for you, ladies and gentlemen, we present freshly returned from the Big Apple, Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com with his Sterling picks tonight here on Sports Talk. Good evening, Lee. It's good to have you with us. Be back? Well, no, not actually. I'm not glad to be back. I wish I stayed in New York City. So, <laughs> well, you're not. Now, that's not. You're not from New York, right? You're a Texas guy. No, no. My daughter lives there. My youngest daughter lives there. So okay. she's an actress there. Yeah, oh. So, um, 
Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. been in a couple. She's been a lead in a couple off Broadway. Well, you, you have got all so, kind of so. talent in the family. Yeah, just not with me. Just <laughs> actually, my so how about this, Bernie? Uh-huh. My wife's first cousin is Robbie Benson. Remember the name? Are you serious? Yeah, one on one ice castle. Well, well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Robbie okay. Benson and my first cousin. <laughs> wow, became extremely close friends when Benson was in Columbia. Oh, teaching. Well, yeah, he was teaching. He was teaching at USC, and he and one of my first cousins became very close friends. Wink, wink, close friends. Uh, (laughs) Well, and and a lot of people don't know this. His wife is Carla DeVita. Yes. A lot of people don't recognize the name, but you know the name? I know the name through the association. I've never met him. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. Maybe my cousin knows your cousin. Uh, could be. Could Maybe be. we're just so all she, we're just all cousins. Just yeah, all, that's right. We're all related somehow. But she was the lead uh, lead female voice for Meatloaf. Paradise Wait a minute! By, oh, wow! By cool. the she Light. wasn't the one that did the real sexy video, did she? That's. Uh, I don't know if she did the video. Um, yeah, my wife and, didn't tell me about that part. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to go. I'm going to pull um, up a Meatloaf video. So she was a okay. lead singer for Meatloaf. Your first cousin. She was, yeah. She's the yeah. female voice. Carly wow. Yeah. How yeah. about that? How about that? Yeah. So uh, just didn't didn't pass down to me. But, uh, <laughs> the generation. You, got, you got your own. And talents. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the the greatest thing that happened during our trip. And this is taking nothing away from all the sporting events I went to. You know, the Jets, Dolphins, and and also the basketball games. I even saw UConn in Texas. We went and saw Billy Joel. Oh. In MSG, and he was great. But we leave MSG, and we're in an Uber, about four or five blocks outside the state, uh, the arena. And sure enough, Billy Joel pulls up in his SUV with his windows down. So was his bodyguard. And he's getting ready to smoke a cigar. He's right next to us at a stoplight, and my wife had about a minute and a half conversation with him. Oh, my gosh. That is yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, so the only thing that can top that, City. the only thing that can top that, Lee, and I have a true story as well. This was many okay. years ago. It might have been in the '80s, after the Southern 500 at Darlington, and I'm leaving Darlington. I'm pulling out on the highway in front of the racetrack, and the and the SUV next to me pulls up next to me, and we're up, we're stopped in traffic, and I look up, and driving the SUV was Dale Earnhardt. So he wow, had just wow. driven 500 miles at Darlington. Now he's driving his SUV back to Charlotte. So <laughs> That's a good one. You can't that's make a, that stuff that, up. <laughs> that's an equal to what you've got. Okay, let's yep. get to your games. Yep. you got okay. three fours here. Let's start yep. in the Sun Belt. Troy laying six to Appalachian State. So Appalachian State, everyone keeps talking about, you know, them beating James Madison. And that was a nice win. And they are a better team since Joey Aguilar took over quarterback. But they also lost to East Carolina, who's not very good. They lost to a mediocre Old Dominion. And this Troy team has a salty defense. They hit. And I just think their quarterback, Watson, he's improved so much since last year. They pushed the ball down the field. He has 26 touchdown passes. They want a little payback for that Hail Mary last year, a 53-yard Hail Mary. I think this is their circle game. Uh, I like Troy here. 
think they win this game 34-24. All right, let's go to the ACC championship game. We don't know the quarterback situation with the Knowles, but they go in favored by two over Louisville. So I got a pretty good source. Uh, gives me some good Florida State information. And he told me yesterday about the situation. I had already put down a wager on Louisville at the time, plus two and a half. It's one, one and a half most places now. But I like them anyway. If Tate Marvinker does not play in this game, and he's still in concussion protocol, it's a game-time decision from what I'm hearing. They, didn't, they only put up 224 total yards on Florida last week. Florida ran on 146 yards on them, and I think Louisville's a better running team than Florida. Also, weather could be a factor. They're saying rain for mostly the entire game, and I think that uh, could certainly hurt the Florida State attack. Their best position group is by far, in my opinion, their wide receivers. So, I mean, the Cardinals are one of these teams. You watch them one week and you fall in love with them, and then the next week they fall flat on their face. They might follow that trade here. The first two times they turned the ball over three times this year, they came back and thumped Notre Dame 33-20, dominated, uh-huh. and then shut out Duke 23 nothing. They turned the ball over three times last week and lost to Kentucky. I think they're going to make things very easy on the selection committee. Louisville outright 30-24. No oh, chaos. Yep. Let's go to Georgia. Five-point favorite over Alabama here. Both teams sleepwalking last week, but everyone talks about Alabama, obviously because of the 4th and 31 conversion for a touchdown. Georgia did not look good. I mean, they won 31-23. They have not been the same team. They've had a couple good games, but maybe they're getting up for this game, but I think it just means so much more to Alabama. Last time this happened, where Alabama needed to win to get in, they got the job done. This Georgia defense has given up almost five yards per carry. Last two games against Tennessee and Georgia Tech. And Alabama's run for almost six yards to carry the last four games here. I think Jalen Milrose, I think his ability to extend plays gets it done. I like Alabama outright 27-23. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. (laughs) Chaos. And your free play, NFL Jacksonville favored by eight over the Bengals. Anyone wants to get it for free, just be one of the first five callers. I'll give them Jacksonville. Cincinnati have a real strong opinion on this game. And uh, we call it Double Down December. We won 10 of 14 weeks in college football. Only had two losing Sundays. Get every game today through December 31st, college championship week, 34, 35 bowl games, five weeks of the NFL, normally 497. Cheapest price ever, two ninety seven. One place, ParamountSports.com. All right, my man, thank you so much. Can't wait to uh, catch up with Robbie Benson and the family when we uh, get together. Right. And uh, we'll talk to you next next time. Are we doing next week? No, we're not going to do next week. We'll skip next week to just the NFL. But we'll come back in two weeks. Uh, throw in, we'll throw in a couple extra games to the college football bowl extravaganza show. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Okay. See you, Phil. Take care. All right, there you go. Lee Sterling, he likes Alabama. Let me do recruiting here real quick before we go to the break. Then we're going to catch up with Furman coach Clay Hendricks. He is standing by waiting for us in just a couple of minutes. I'll tell you very quickly, our recruiting report is brought to you each night by Seawells. Make sure you get by Seawells next week for the daily luncheon buffet. Only $14, and you will not be disappointed. 
great array of great uh, food products available for you there at Seawells. And if you need catering and you want the very best, just give Seawells a call. Their phone number is 803-771-7385, online at SeawellsCateringSC.com. Just a, a few notes to wrap up the week. Reminder, the state's top prospect in the 25-class defensive tackle, Amir Adams of South Florence, 6'6", 280, set to announce his commitment late Sunday afternoon, early evening is the best we can come up with now. He plans to simply post his decision on social media as of now, unless something changes. USC, Clemson, LSU, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida State, and Georgia, the schools he named as his favorites when he put out his short list on July 11th, went to games this season at USC, Clemson, Florida State, Alabama, and Georgia. He has said little about his decision this week. One observer at three of his practices this week, because he plays in the championship game tomorrow, shared that he was wearing LSU gloves at the practice. Sometimes you follow the visits. Sometimes you follow the gloves. We shall see. USC receivers coach Justin Stepp was in for a visit today with Tennessee commitment receiver Braylon Staley of Strom Thurmond. As of this morning, defensive tackle Malcolm Alcorn Crowder of Butler Junior College, Kansas, had not finalized official visit plans for this weekend to USC. Earlier, it was thought he would might visit this weekend. USC offered 2025 athlete Laganza Hayward Jr., Lions, Georgia, Shane Beamer, tweeted out to his fan base this morning that he was working the recruiting trail today. He tweeted out that he was in Kansas City for lunch with a, quote, big-time prospect, then flying to Massachusetts for lunch with another, quote, big-time prospect. I guess you do that when you lose your rivalry game. You let everybody know you're working hard in recruiting. He's probably meeting with a couple of transfers there if he's having lunch with them, I would guess. NC State's going to have an in-home visit this weekend with Former Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall, this according to On3 Sports. Receiver Isaiah Smith out of Myrtle Beach Collegiate is transferring from ODU. 2025 receiver Mikkel Skinner of Riverside was offered by ECU. There you go with the recruiting notes tonight. Going to hit the quick break. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Furman head coach, Clay Hendricks. They've got their first playoff game in the FCS tournament. Tomorrow afternoon at Paladin Stadium. We're going to be there for that. We're going to leave the high schools tonight. Tomorrow head up to Greenville. Been a long time since I've been to a Furman playoff game, so I thought it would be a good time to take that in. We'll do that tomorrow. Report on our website on that tomorrow. Of course, we got uh, coverage here. The high school games are set up for our website as well, so we won't miss on that. Back with Clay Hendricks after the break. <laughs> Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- 749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. 
Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. We're with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is hunting season in South Carolina this fall, and folks need to be prepared from a legal standpoint. That's right, Phil. Everyone always needs to buy their hunting license or fishing license. Everyone always worries about losing their license. Well, now that's not a problem anymore because you can keep your license on your phone. That's right. Go Outdoors SC. It's an app. Look for it on your Apple or Android devices. You can buy your license. You can renew your boat registration, and it's all right there on your phone. Remember, Go Outdoors SC in your app store. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa Hosteller-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. Discover holiday magic with Founders Federal Credit Union. Now through December 31st, make your holiday shopping merry and bright with our special 7.99 APR rate on select holiday purchases made with your Founders credit card. You need to hurry, though. This rate will be gone as fast as the holidays. Visit foundersfcu.com slash cc to save big this holiday season. Call 1-800-845-1614 for details about credit costs and terms. There is more football in our state tomorrow involving one of our college teams. Last one standing among the college teams, except for, of course, Clemson going to a bowl game. But as far as that goes, the Furman Paladins carrying the state flag tomorrow in the second round of the FCS playoffs. Paladins had the first round by as the number seven seed. We welcome in Coach Clay Hendricks as we appreciate him taking time out the night before the game. I know you got recruits around you and everything. So thank you, sir, 
for joining us. How are you feeling going into this playoff game? Well, I feel good. I mean, you know, we, it was great having a bye. We needed that desperately. We probably got three or four guys that we wouldn't have had last week back. Had a good week of prep, which is where it all starts. And uh, but you got to be able to go execute on uh, on the field out here tomorrow. And uh, been a busy day. We got we got some official visit kids here plus our team. And so, uh, but no, I think everybody's excited to play. All credit to Wofford for beating you guys a couple of weeks ago, which I think goes down as maybe you know one of the big shockers of the year in FCS. <laughs> Um, how did you how did you guys react to that? I know you were maybe down some players, but still rivalry game, Southern Conference game. Did it kind of did you? I mean, you never want to lose, obviously. But what kind of reaction have you seen from your players uh, from that loss? Well, I, I think probably you know we came back. We didn't do a lot last week. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of sit there a little bit ticked off about it as much as anything. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, we didn't play very well. You know, you know how it is, Phil. I, I watched all those games last week, and Alabama should have lost to Auburn. And, I mean, you just go down the list of those games and how they win. You know, I'd, I'd sit there and watch that team all year, and, and uh, they were tied with Chattanooga in the fourth quarter. They were tied with Western Carolina in the fourth quarter. They were down 10-7 to the start of the fourth quarter. So they were in a bunch of games, uh, had some quarterback issues, and, and – uh, you know, and then we were a little bit of our own worst enemy, but again, give them give them credit. And, uh, but I don't know, our kids have responded. I think if, you know, I think I had a little chance to even reflect what a great, great regular season we had. You know, having a chance to win an outright conference championship. We kept a bye. Now, if maybe one of those had been hurt by that, then I think maybe it could have been much more disastrous effect on our team. But I don't know. I, you know, refocus. I really didn't have a problem with our focus. I had a problem with how we executed mm-hmm. at some key spots. And, you know, and we've kind of been without for about three weeks and have our two leading rushers on our quarterback, which makes it a little challenging, um, you know, to say the least. But we've got those guys back, and we're about as healthy as we've been in a month. And, you know, I think we're in a good spot as we head in this playoff run. Everybody's good at this point in time. We're playing a really, really talented Chattanooga team. Mm-hmm. Furman head coach Clay Hendricks with us here tonight on Sports Talk. They get Chattanooga tomorrow in the FCS playoffs. And, uh, Coach, you uh, touched on what I was going to ask you about Tyler Huff, your starting quarterback who actually got injured during the game that you guys won over Chattanooga, probably a little bit closer than you would have liked. What is Tyler's availability? You said he's back. Is he back in the starting role? And do you feel confident about him moving into the playoffs now? Well, yeah, he's back. He'll start tomorrow. Had a great week of practice. You know, really now it's been – it will have been a month, I guess, tomorrow from the day he got hurt. Didn't do much really for three weeks, and, and, and he's back. And Now, we I, we had tackled him in practice, so, you know, uh, but but just his ability to throw, you know, it was his throwing shoulder, and uh, he's looked really well, you know, really good runner offensive practice and those things, and uh, says he feels good. Now, I, I'm not sure Tyler would tell you he's kind of that, <laughs> that kind of kid. But, uh, but, no, we feel good, you know, getting Don Roberto back. Uh, which will help us, and uh, you know. So again, I, I think we're in a, I think we're in a good spot going forward. Now we will play against a really, really good defense tomorrow. So uh, you know, the game really did a great job winning that game. Where we lose him, and and really Hugh Ryan leaves the game early in the first quarter with a targeting. Lost two of our best players at the start of that game, and you know, found a way to get it done at the end, and uh, that secured it that that day at least got us to share the conference championship and. So, uh, but it'll be that kind of game again tomorrow. 
would imagine it would be difficult to fool a fellow Southern Conference opponent in that first go-around. Both teams had troubles running the football against the opposing defense. How important, though, do you believe tomorrow's game to, to be successful against them, to balance out what Tyler can do throwing the football? Are you going to have to run it against them? Oh, you got to be able to run against my taller team earlier. I think that's kind of the key. Whoever runs it runs it the best probably is going to have the best chance to win. I, I think uh, I think we're kind of built similarly. They won't run the ball. They don't play great defense. You know, top two defenses in the league. You know, so I, I think that's what it will come down to. I, it was a little bit, you know, obviously Tyler, a big part of what he's able to do is use his legs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we lost him that game. And, you know, we played with Carson Jones. Kid really never played very much. And he came in and did a great job. But I think we spent about a quarter and a half just trying to figure – out what what we wanted to do because about half of our game plan went out the window, you know, when, when Tyler, because we had planned to run him a bunch that day. And he's the guy that gets carries just kind of naturally because that's what he does. Um, you know, we're, we're not trying to treat him as a running back and certainly don't want to do that tomorrow. But, you know, we certainly think he can make some plays with his feet for us tomorrow. Well, I tell you, uh, playing a conference rival your first playoff game and they're coming off a win on the road so they've got some confidence momentum coming in i know you beat them in the regular season but is it is it extra tough to be facing such a familiar foe your first playoff game and they've already got a game under their belt well you know i think anytime you win a game in the playoffs certainly gives you some confidence <laughs> they played at alabama the week before that then they had a bye you know, mm. the week after our game but I don't, I don't know. You know, I think uh, I saw Hunter. You know, Hunter's pretty real. I think this is the eighth time since I've been here in all my years that we've had a rematch with somebody. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. It, it, uh, I really – I just think both teams are so kind of similar, you know. I'm not sure you ever just want to have to beat somebody again that you already beat once. Um, but, again, you know, we're around the 16 and everybody's good. Um you, you, know, you got to go play. And we have an old team that's really, you know, mature and focused, have, have a good week of prep. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes people, you know, we had a little run during the regular season, and somebody told me the other day, talked about how we just rolled through the season. I said, well, I'll tell you what, go back and watch those games and tell me how much rolling we did. You know, we <laughs> we, we had a good little winning streak going, but yeah. there was one game in there that I thought was kind of over at the half, but the rest of them, we were in some dog fights. You know, all year, and that's who we are. I, you know, I, I'm not sure we're ever going to be talented enough just to roll through, roll through anybody. We got really good players. We can't win a conference championship without having having those. But you know, that's just how we have to win games and uh, you know play complimentary football. I really think the big key in the first game, even after losing the guys, was the kicking game. You know, we blocked a punt. I think we made our one field goal and they missed theirs. You know, and so. That was really kind of the difference in the game. And, you know, they've been a little banged up. Uh, we have been. I hope, hopefully we can stay healthy tomorrow, and we'll just have to go see. Coach, as always, we appreciate it. Looking forward to being up there tomorrow. Might be a little wet, but doesn't matter. We'll see how it goes. And good luck tomorrow, and thanks for joining us tonight. Good luck, Coach. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, we're certainly excited to get a chance to play tomorrow. Thank you very much, Furman Coach Clay Hendricks. Basketball USC leads George Washington 30-26, 5.48 to play in the half. Four. Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. 
Then it started to hook just a wee, wee bit And that's when my caddy lost sight of it That little white pellet has never been found to this day But it went straight down Well, we have spent the entire week talking about football and NIL and the Portal John and high school championship games and everything like that. Now it is time to take our shoes off, kick back, relax, and talk about the great game of golf. Yeah, golf is a soothing game. It might be troubling to some people. Not to me. I find it to be when I walk in golf, my walk is not spoiled, George Bryan. Of course, I seldom walk. I prefer using cart for transportation as my make my way yeah. through my through my eighteen. The way you so, were complaining about carting the equipment yesterday, I'm hoping you're not walking eighteen. <laughs> Plus, it would take like eight hours to play. Let's welcome in George Bryan the third, birdies, bogeys, and biceps here on Sports Talk. George is making his way back from. Down in Georgia, down in South Georgia. Welcome in, sir. Oh, good evening. And nothing like South Georgia in early December. And it's very early in December. And it, we're talking 80 degrees. What a beautiful day. Kinderloo Forest is where I walked around. And you know, you bring, fellas, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to be able to join you guys on Friday night. You mentioned the walking. And did you know, even if you're riding in a cart, because of most of the cart path rules and such, you could easily get a mile and a half to two miles in, even if you're off the fairways, in the cart for 18 holes. Did you guys know that? You ever check on that? Well, I've always believed the three worst words in golf, there's two versions of them. One is, you're still back. And the second is cart path only. I think I really hate cart path only more than anything else. Because usually when it's cart path only, my ball is all the way on the other side. The ball never is near the cart path. It's always on the other side, which means you got to pull three or four clubs to walk with you across the fairway into the woods. And then, you know, you hope you brought the right clubs with you to salvage what you got next. Well, and you know, that's uh, you got to do a little anticipation in the game of golf and a little strategizing, and you got to plan ahead. And uh, hey, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, G4, my oldest son, who had a pretty good run, we spoke in Bermuda, he made a PGA Tour event and then made a cut. But his 2023 Year of the Beast campaign, campaign hmm. and his uh, goal and dream of getting to the tour it's, it's just not going to happen this year he fell a little short we'll we'll talk more about that later and see but thinking ahead this game's not all about the great shots and the victories most people think it is this this game's all about the recovery uh bobby jones is the first one i ever heard red said it's not from the victories in which he learns but rather defeats so g4 even though he's a little defeated, he's already recovering. And we were talking on the phone just just recently about the winter training season. And speaking of winter, let's go ahead and bring a winner up. And that's W-I-N-N-E-R, Scott Parker. He's 
member of, uh, he's a teaching compadre, but also a golf real estate compadre. Welcome, Scott Parker, to Birdies and Bogeys. Hey, gentlemen. Good to, good to talk to you this evening. Yeah, well, Scott, Scott Parker and Chase Butler are team compadres on the professional staff at George Bryan Golf Academy. And, and we got a special program in the winter that started over 30 years ago. And, Phil, we were talking about – we were talking bits and pieces about this program in the early 90s. And just highlights. So this is a program for brand-new players all the way to advanced. And we involve the whole family. We try to get the whole family out to the golf course to spend time together uh, over golf. The the parents are actually trained to be either course guides for caddies, actual caddies, Mm. and Scott. We, you and I have been in discussion, talk a little bit about even a brand new program, really uh, adding another dimension to the 2023-2024 winter tour. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we, we our, our winter tour season actually starts up this weekend for Sunday. So uh, for anybody who hasn't signed up yet, uh, call at our shop, 803-781-0603, uh, and get signed up new weekend need some more information about that. Um, obviously most people probably know about winter for a long time. Uh, but we've got a new initiative that we're about to start up this year even hey guys, let me let me jump in. I'm sorry. Let me jump in. We got a bad connection there. So Pat if we would let's see if we can reconnect. George you hang on for just a second because our audio with Robbie's not coming in. Not Robbie, I'm sorry. Our audio with Scott not coming in real well. I can't uh, really make out what he's saying. Um, Do you want to uh, reconnect, Pat, or what do you want to do? Let's. um, Yep, reconnect with him and George. Stand by. I've got to keep in mind. I cannot call out while George is live. All right, hang on, George. I'm gonna I'm gonna update some scores while we get uh, Scott reconnected here. Make it sound better. So while we do that, I'll update the Hero World Challenge, which is uh, down in the Bahamas, where George and family were just recently. And was that Bermuda? I think it was Bermuda where they were. Anyway, you got Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth, 66-67. They are at the top of the leaderboard at 9-under. Brian Harmon, a 69. He's at 8-under. Justin Thomas, a 67. He's at 7-under. And Matt Fitzpatrick, a 68. He's at 6-under, along with Colin Morikawa, a 69. Tony Finau, a 71. And who else do we have? That's it at the sixes. As far as some of the others, we've got Lucas Glover, 71 today. He's at two under. Tiger Woods, 75 yesterday, 70 today. So he's at plus one. So Tiger Woods said after yesterday's round, he was feeling a little sore. He was going to, you know, get worked over and get himself back in shape for today. He goes out and shoots a two under par 70. And then one other note here from competition, George. And, um, Justin, we've got um, the Musgrove Mill team claimed the 16th annual Lathrop Cup. This was played a little over a week ago at Blythewood, in Blythewood, Columbia Country Club. 
And the Musgrove Mill amateur three-man team combined to shoot two over, 218, to win the cup, represented by Jeff Tallman, Dillard Pruitt, Walter Todd, and Doug Ramey. And finishing in second at four over from Three Pines Country Club, Greg Krasinski, uh, Todd Weber, Brian Kennedy, and Scott Smith. In the Pro-Am portion, a two-way tie between Mid-Carolina and Holly Tree. Each team shot a low two-ball score of 11 under, 133. There you go, George. You know those folks, I'm sure. That's some good playing by some people. I know a number of them. And one of the things I love, I appreciate you bringing that out. We've talked briefly uh, and at length over the last six, eight months. The Live Tour drew it out of it. But I, I, I think club golf should be a higher priority. And talking about team, team golf, that's one of the major headline uh, stories that the Live Tour brings to the golf game equation. And I just think, I think club golf, uh, get groups together, community. I think the game was designed for community, not not the way we have it lined up in America with all the emphasis on individuals. Uh, so I appreciate you bringing that up. The mm-hmm. the club to club in in Europe, especially Ireland, many of the private, almost all the private clubs in Ireland, Scotland, and England, they will be run by the club captain or the secretary of the club. They, it's, uh, I'll just put it this way. It's a pretty cool way to do it where the club captain, that is usually the best player of the club or in the club. And everything emanates from the captain, from the king. So kind of a cool way to do it. It's old school. And I think we got Scott back live again, and he was, uh, I'm not so. sure if you're able to pick me up. me clearly or not. Yeah, got you now. You were, you, we had the uh, in and outs going earlier, so gotcha. he, he was. You were rolling hot about the winter tour, which typically it'll be very cold, and it's a walking tour. And Sunday mm. afternoon, three o'clock, family, and it's all about time. So, a little bit more on that winter tour and how to, how people can get in touch if interested. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, if, if you're not signed up yet and you want to participate, uh, our first meeting is this weekend on Sunday. Um, uh, our number, uh, if you want to call and sign up, is 803-781-2063, uh, and we can get you some more information. Uh, so we also have a new initiative uh, going along with that. We're going to try and get some younger players in groups, um, like four or five-year-olds uh, with their parents and try and get them out there on the golf course and maybe some different experiences as well. Um, and just want to touch on a couple of the other programs we've got coming up uh, starting actually this week. Uh, we've got a new initiative at the Scramble uh, Scramble Course at Tsunami Bar Sports that starts uh, December 5th, which is next Tuesday. Um, we also have some special programming for over the holiday season when kids get out of school, December 19th and also December 28th. Um, so if you got some kids that want to get involved with some golf activities during winter break, we've got you covered. Just give us a call, and we'd be happy to get you going. So the scramble, Phil, you still have that course record. I do. And Yeah, so, so one of the cool things about the scramble course, it can be for the brand-new player 
four, five, six-year-old, but it also gets the interest and the attention of the tour players. Evidence with uh, Scott Stevenson, Wesley Bryan out playing the what I just call a one-club wedge game, and you can play it really quick. You can play six holes in six, seven, eight minutes. Phil, speak on that just a little bit. I can't recall what what kind of time it took you all to play, but it took us. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, it took us about six minutes. And you know, the course begins right there. You you first you have to tee off on number one, and then you cross the Robbie George Gorge Bridge. You know, every great golf course has a bridge named after somebody famous in golf. You know, there's the bridges there over at Augusta and, of course, over at the British Open, those courses. So this course has the uh, Robbie and George Gorge because there's a ditch you have to go over. There's a bridge over a ditch. I call it a gorge. Robbie and George Gorge Bridge. So you... You hit your first tee ball, and you walk across that bridge. You pause for a moment to take photographs, and then you continue. And, you know, if you manage to, to land on the green of the fringe, you play on, and you try to avoid landing prior to because then you're in the junk, and you have to pick your ball up and put it on the fringe, and you play on from there. And, yeah, the, the day I went out and set the course record, it was, uh, you know, a little windy. You had to play a little wind game, keep it low. Uh, watch the limbs, navigate the, the narrowness of the fairways between the, the tall pines of that part of West Columbia, very tall pines over there, George. So tons of fun, and it's great on your for your, for your uh, short game, you know, chipping and putting and kind of getting into a little bit of a confidence groove when you, when you play over Absolutely. there. I mean, yeah, we, we say it's small swings and small targets. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And most uh, – and you play fast. One of the things that Larry Boswell had a, a wonderful influence. I watched him. Uh, the faster the faster you play, you bet, the better you play. And so one of the things right away with the young children, uh, teach them to play fast. In fact, Wesley has – and that's my middle child. He's got – he still has and holds the fastest, fastest single round in PGA Tour history. Huh? Uh, set it up in Chicago in the in the FedEx Cup in the third. Back then, I think they had four. Uh, nope. Did we lose George? Did no. we lose George in South Georgia? Oh, George can hear us. Looks like Roughly, George. Uh, hour there he Twenty nine minutes. How long? How quickly did he play? Uh, eighty nine minutes, something like that. Hour and twenty nine minutes. A complete PGA round in an hour and twenty nine minutes walking. Absolutely. Yep. And wow. It was. It's, uh, it's on YouTube. There's video. There's video proof of it. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you can. Yeah, you can look at it. It's kind of cool. And but here's the thing: most of us as adults, we're telling our young children to slow down. And if it's if you're telling them to slow down because it's a safety issue then i totally get it but i tell you right now i tell them to to speed up take a swing while they're on the walk or the run it doesn't bother me at all if they're actually trying to look at the target and look at the ball at the same time and if you're around kids enough 
That's just how they do it. And the faster you teach them to play, the faster they will learn how to play. And that's mm-hmm. a fact. So uh, Scott will lead the four- and five-year-old divisions. And incidentally, he plays really well and really, really fast. So <laughs> Yeah. I was actually out on the golf course with my two- and four-year-old uh, for four hours this afternoon out at Lindry. They had a great oh, time. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. And they have, and you know what they really like to do on the golf course, George? They like to run. Uh, yeah, and uh, as long as they don't have clubs in their hands, that's a good idea. No, Be yeah, careful if you let them absolutely. run with the. Yeah, so that's uh, other things we do with uh, the young ones is uh, they're open, open fairways inspire mm-hmm. uh, a fast pace anyway. So we let them go. It's kind of like. When the horse sees that barn, he just likes to run or sees the pasture, he likes to run fast. Well, that's what all of us like to do. We like to go, and we encourage that. And so a number of the courses in the Midlands are involved, including Lenrick, uh, Timberlake, uh, Hidden Valley, uh, Charwood, Northwood, Oak Hills. Uh, let's see. We're, I'm going to leave some of them out. Cobblestone Park. Uh, Newberry. Newberry Country Club, Camden Country Club. In fact, Matt McCarley, uh, a college teammate, he is a huge, huge proponent and supporter of junior golf. Uh, Greg McBride at Northwoods. A number of the fellows around town have been part, supported this program for many years. And it's over 30 years old. Again, you can, and incidentally, it is, hosted by the Irmo Chapin Winter Youth Golf Tour, excuse me, the Irmo Chapin Recreation Commission, and also a co-partner is the Lexington Recreation and Aging Commission. So you can actually, you don't have to call any phone numbers, just go sign up, uh, icrc.net, and the Lexington Recreation and Aging Commission. So we have the uh, recre- local recreation centers, and commissions are in support of this program. So, Phil, it's it's for brand new players, but also college bound. In fact, I don't. Uh, we lost count somewhere around a hundred of, of the number of players that would graduate this program and go on to the uh, to the ranks to the college golf ranks. And so, with that, we can shift gears and and talk about the walking piece, let's go back. A lot of folks don't realize that, Bill, in the cart, riding 18 holes in a cart, you can still clock over two miles. And that is kind of uplifting to me because most people assume that since you're in a cart, you won't get much exercise. But two miles of walking is a pretty good lick, and most of the time it includes uh, traversing the hills, and every now and then you do get to jump over a ditch or a creek. <laughs> and so if you walk, now if it's cart path only, check your, check your walkometer because i got a feeling it'll be three to four miles. And if you're carrying the bag and toting for 18 holes, it's easily four miles at most golf courses if you hit it straight. <laughs> hit it a little crooked. How many miles do you think it would be, man? Take a guess. Six or seven. Easy. 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 So, 
Uh, folks, a lot of folks, uh, it was argued back years ago that golf wasn't necessarily a sport, but I think, I, th- I think it definitely qualifies in this day and age. I'm not sure if you really want to weigh in on that at this point. It's definitely an Olympic. It's in the Olympics, so it's a sport, right? I say it's a sport. Amen. I think you've got to be an athlete to to play golf at any level, to play it well. I mean, all the things that go into it, the muscle memory, the movements, the concentration, the timing. Um, I mean, is it any different than hitting a, a baseball, except one is coming at your head and the other one is sitting on a little piece of wood? Hey. Speaking of the head, the one that's coming at your head probably doesn't cause internal skull pra- problems there as much as the game of golf. That's the, true. The game of golf is a skull wrecker, and that's a fact. And and uh, it breaks your heart and it wrecks your skull. And then you and then for whatever reason you want to go do it again. That's what uh, I'll transition a little bit and talk what talk about. Uh, the Corn Ferry Qualifier second stage at Kinderloo, G4. He was not the only uh, South Carolina player with connections. Scott Stevens narrowly, barely missed it. I think he was two under par, and then uh, took five under to advance. And then I think Ryan Hall, he was on the number one when I left. And really good yeah, he got in. He did get in. Great. And... Yeah. You would have the scoreboard pulled up more accurately than me. I was checking it while I was out, and look, Ryan was in good shape at five under par. The golf course played incredibly difficult, uh, but this was second stage, so finals will be week after next. I will be in Jacksonville, and hopefully uh, on the way back with some news that some South Carolina players advanced and got Corn Ferry status. They will give out five tour cards next week, uh, week after next, at that qualifier. So five tour cards will be distributed, and that'll that'll be uh, something Wesley, my middle child, will go for. And I guess I'm sneaking up on uh, the putt. Oh, I must have at least hit the green, the last green in regulation, Phil. Hmm. So Yep. What I'll do is, uh, hey, Scott, I certainly appreciate you joining us tonight. And we missed Tsunami Robbie. Absolutely. This segment's uh, sponsored by Tsunami Bar Sports. And you don't think Tsunami Robbie's made his way, to, his way over here for the uh, White No Dutch Fork football game, has he? Oh, my guess is he's sitting right there in the stands. He loves him some football now. And, and uh, yeah, I'll look forward to talking to you guys next week. I'll go ahead and sign off since I'm on the road. It's hard to watch that clock. So until next week, next time, you guys, TM high, shoot them low. Thanks again, Scott, for joining us. Absolutely. Great time, you guys. Okay. Thank you, George, and thank you, Scott. Appreciate having you guys with us tonight here on Birdies, Bogies, and Biceps around South Carolina. Yeah, I bet you Robbie is in the crowd tonight as I look out. I'm in the back of the press box trying not to be a nuisance and interfere with anything. But there's a nice crowd across the way. I don't don't know if that uh, – I can't tell. The teams are, are in their locker rooms right now, so I don't know if that's uh, the White Knoll side or the Dutch Fork side, but a good crowd 
across the way. I'm trying not to talk too loud because the national anthem is playing. I don't like to really talk when the anthem is playing, but we have no choice here. So we're looking forward to the kickoff here in just a little bit, about seven minutes away, White Knoll and Dutch Fork for the 5A championship. Uh, and if you're just joining us earlier today, it was all Christchurch over Johnsonville, 67-21. Last night, Gray Collegiate over, I'm sorry, Oceanside Collegiate over Gray, 35-28. And don't forget the scoreboard show tonight at 10.05. In the second half, USC leads George Washington, 42-34. Thank you, Chris. Yes, sir. Great finish. And thank you, Pat. Everybody have a great night. And we'll see you tonight on the scoreboard.